impersonators. And it's really cool because God made this really cool world. And there are a lot of things in this world that impersonate other things. And I've got some slides this morning, uh, some pictures of some things that impersonate other things. And the first one or mimic is the Viceroy butterfly. The Viceroy butterfly mimics the monarch butterfly. They look almost the same to me if you don't really look close. It's kind of crazy. But the monarch butterfly is not tasty to other animals, to birds and stuff, because it eats um, a milkweed plant when it's a larva. So the viceroy butterfly looks like the monarch butterfly because they don't want to eat the monarch butterfly because it's not tasty. Okay? Another one that we see in nature is the owl butterfly. You can see where the owl butterfly got its name from because it looks just like an owl eyes because birds like to eat butterflies and so this one looks like an owl which is a predator of some birds. So this one has changed to look like that. The next one is just not right. Okay? And you'll see why. When I say it's just not right, you'll see why I mean it's not right. Because it's a caterpillar that looks like a snake. I'm not sure what God was thinking when he did that, but that's not right, man. That's a caterpillar. It looks straight up like a snake. We've got a couple other pictures because there's different forms. Yeah, to protect itself. It's crazy. I think there's one more. Yeah. The last one I have is actually a video. And this one is called the Mimic Octopus. Let's watch this video really fast. This is the Mimic Octopus, a master of disguise. In its natural state, the Mimic Octopus is a light beige color, and like most octopi, can change its skin pigment to blend in with its surroundings. But the Mimic Octopus takes things to another level altogether. Found in Indonesia and in the Great Barrier Reef, it's an octopus that is so intelligent that when it feels threatened, it can fool possible predators into thinking that it is in fact another, more deadly species. It does this by changing its color, shape, and perhaps most interestingly, the way it moves and behaves. It's reputed to be able to impersonate 15 other kinds of sea creature, the most notable being the poisonous flatfish, deadly sea snakes, and the highly venomous lionfish. It's thought that even though these impersonations aren't flawless, they can give the crafty octopus enough time to escape before the predator realizes it's been duped. The mimic octopus was discovered relatively recently in 1998, possibly because up until then, it had done such a good job of disguising itself. Isn't that nuts? I mean, that little octopus is straight up crazy. It's so good at what it does, we didn't even know it existed until the 90s. I was like, that's craziness. I mean, it's amazing what God has done with some of these creatures and some of these animals. It's kind of a natural thing in us to impersonate things or act like things, you know, that we see. Um, Hannah and Kylie, I want you guys to stand up for a second. This is Hannah, my daughter Hannah and her friend Kylie. Kylie has a very unique laugh. And when Hannah's been around Kylie, she starts to laugh like Kylie. And is she's laughing now. I was going to try and make, say something funny to make her laugh, but I don't think I have to. Just talking about it is apparently going to make her laugh. But when Hannah's been around her, she starts to laugh like Kylie. 
You know, sometimes when we're around people, we start to imitate and mimic other people around us and things like that. Um, you know, our sense of style, our fashion, we can kind of imitate. Uh, the other, you guys can sit down, thank you. Um, the other day in children's church, I looked down and three of my kids had the exact same shoes on. I was like, man, I did not get the memo to wear my checkered shoes. I think it was, who was it? Was it Brody and was it you, Lorelai? And Dil Layla? Layla, who was the other one? Was it Dylan? Lena, Lena. So these three kids had their shoes on because they're cool, right? You know, we don't actually get to decide what our fashion sense is, right? You know that, right? You know that you don't actually get to decide. The designers out there actually decide that. I'll prove it to you, okay? I hate skinny leg jeans. You see what I'm wearing this morning, right? Because you can't find anything but skinny leg jeans in the store. So you finally just have to say, you know what? I'm going to wear skinny leg jeans because that's all they're going to provide for us right now. You know, you, gotta, you have to go to the thrift stores to find something that's out of style, you know? <laughs> and for a while there, Miss Me jeans were like the thing. You know, everybody had Miss Me jeans. They had all the little glitter stuff on them and the big stitching and all that stuff. And I remember one day I was at the Bargain Hunt store, and I saw these Miss Me jeans for five bucks, and I was like, what's going on here? You know, these are really expensive jeans. What's, you know, and then like two days later, I saw them all on fa a bunch of them on Facebook for five and ten dollars. I was like, what's going on? And then it dawned on me. The stores have decided that Miss Me jeans are no longer in style anymore. So we're going to move on to these plain Jane pants because they're nothing like it. So they can make us buy new stuff. Right. So we don't actually get to decide that. But we're talking about silly stuff this morning and all that. But there is I want to talk to you guys this morning about impersonating from here inside your heart. And there's a problem that comes when we impersonate people. I want to talk to you first about impersonating the world, okay? And listen, if my kids start talking back in here, this is kind of how we do in children's church. So if they get communicating a little bit with me, it's all right. Just let's have some fun in here this morning. It's family Sunday. Everybody breathe, relax. Let's have some fun. You can laugh if I say something ridiculous. It's okay. I'm used to it, you know. See, the thing about kids is if they think something, they just tell it to you. You know, if they think, hey, she looks like she's pregnant, they come up and ask, are you going to have a baby? As adults, we all know that's, a, that's, that's not okay. So you don't have to wonder with the kids because, you know, are they thinking this? What are they thinking of me? They just straight up tell you what they're thinking. So let's just chill a little bit in here. I'm used to it. If I do something silly, you can laugh at me. Let's have some fun. But I've noticed a lot lately that Christians are having a tendency to impersonate the world you know, to, to become more and look more like the world. It seems like we have these two groups of Christians. You've got the ones who blend nicely with the world. They don't stand out too much. They'll tell you we love God, you know, but you don't really see too much difference. And then you have the other ones over here that seem to be the, the extremists, and they're so far out there doing stuff. And somewhere in the middle is a beautiful, happy medium in there. You know, when you impersonate the world you're you're not out there God tells us to be in the world but not be of it and what that means is man we're here we live in this world we live amongst people who don't know God and it's our job to be there for them to tell them what our Savior has done for them to tell them that Jesus came to earth and died on the cross to save us to tell them all the changes and all the things that he's done in our life. We're supposed to be in it. We're not supposed to be this, this group of people that slams everybody and says, hey, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. But we're supposed to show them love, man. And, you can, and there are opportunities when the door opens where we get to share Jesus with people and, and not in, 
not supposed to be over here just blending in like that octopus, you know. There's one. I couldn't find it. I found it once, and I couldn't find the video again when I went to send it to the media team. But the octopus blends with the dirt, and you can't see him. Literally looks just like the dirt. Like some things camouflage. You're like, yeah, I see it there. Couldn't find it. Couldn't, and I could not find that video. Apparently the video decided to blend like the octopus did. And I looked and looked and looked, and I could not find it anywhere. But it's so crazy to watch how it blends. As Christians, we're not supposed to just blend, blend. You know, we're not supposed to be this crazy over here just making this statement that comes across as hatred towards people. Ephesians 5.1 tells us that we are supposed to be imitators of Christ, that we are supposed to imitate him, to have him, okay? So the world tells us, when we get caught up in imitating the world, the world tells us that hate's okay. I mean, we, we hear this, oh, we're not supposed to hate others, but when you actually look at what the world does, it says that hate's okay. That we're supposed to hold a grudge. If somebody does something wrong to us, we're supposed to hold a grudge against that person. That's what the world says, you know. They're like, oh, no, you can't do that. The world tells us don't forgive someone. If they do something wrong to you, you're supposed to hold that against them. You're supposed to retaliate against them. You're supposed to do something. That's what the world does, and that's how the world operates. They say, hey, so-and-so did you wrong. I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove it to you. I don't know. Don't, Jeremy's laughing at me. I can see it. I told you it's okay, though, okay? So the world says, hey, when people do things wrong, you get back at them. You re retaliate against them. You hold a grudge. Them. You don't talk to them for weeks on end. You let them know, hey, I'm mad at you. I'm going to put it out there, I'm mad at you. The world tells us that we're supposed to be popular, that we're supposed to be cool, that we're supposed to look the part, we're supposed to make sure our hair's fixed right, our clothes are just right, we talk the right way, we act the right way, that we're cool. We follow our favorite Hollywood star so we can pretend to be like them because they're cool. If you actually look at their lives, most of them are falling apart. You know, we see this image of people out there that appears to be something really cool and attractive and the most beautiful, you know, yeah, this magazine is the most beautiful person in the world, you know, and, and, and we're supposed to follow that. We're supposed to imitate that. We're supposed to be like that. That's what the world says. What God says is you're supposed to love people. You're supposed to love people no matter what. It doesn't matter what they're doing, what they're acting like. You're supposed to love them. The Bible says when somebody does something wrong to you, you're supposed to forgive them. You don't hold a grudge against them. You forgive them. That's what the Bible tells us to do, to forgive. The Bible tells us to be joyful, to be excited, to have peace, that even in the midst of everything, we can have a joy about us. You know, when things are falling apart, when things are going wrong, we can still have joy inside of us. We can still have peace inside of us. The, the Bible in Galatians 5.22 has given us the fruit of the Spirit. I wonder if any of my kids in here can tell me what the fruit of the Spirit is. In case y'all don't know, we're going to have them talk to us. Okay, I, one of you, one at a time. Someone tell me for once one. Hannah. Self-control. They're going to go out of order, so I'm going to have to look back at my list. When they go out of order, I get Kate Bug. Love. Who else got one? Carlia. Patience. Savannah. Joy. Riley. Gentleness. Kylie, you got another one? Faithfulness. 
Anybody else? I don't even know which one we're missing. All right, so <laughs> peace. Yes, thank you. I, I got to do them in order or I get lost. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what God said. He said, hey, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart, I gave you these things. I didn't give you the things of the world. I didn't give you hatred, all this stuff. I didn't give you stress. I didn't give you all that. I gave you these things. So the problem is when we impersonate the world, we forget that we have these things, right? We forget all these gifts that God gave us. And he said, hey, and they were free to you. They don't cost you anything. I've just given them to you. We aren't impersonating God, okay? Because to impersonate someone means to pretend to be them, okay? How many of you know who Frank Caliendo is? Anybody know who Frank Caliendo is? Oh, my gosh, y'all need to go home and watch videos, okay? Frank Kelly, we've got like three people in here that know Frank Kelly. I tried to find a clip to play this morning of him because he is one of the best impersonators you have ever seen. Okay, he's this little little white guy that does the best Morgan Freeman impression you've ever heard. He does John Madden like to a T. That's his, that's his signature one is John Madden. He's a football guy if you don't know. But he can do anybody, and he just bounces between them all. And he'll carry on a conversation in 10 different personalities, and it's amazing. But I couldn't find a video that, would, that we could edit down in that would work in here this morning. And I really wish I would have since you guys don't know who he is. I thought, oh, everybody knows who he is. I'll just say his name. I guess not. So Frank Callie, look, not all of his stuff is completely clean, so y'all be careful what you watch with him and, and do that. But he really is incredibly talented. Um, but we're not impersonating God, he's a part of us. He's inside of us. He is us. When we ask Jesus to come inside of our hearts, and we, this was our series before this where the kids was in the New Testament talking about Jesus being a part of us and coming into our hearts and getting saved and all that and what that meant. And it was really awesome. But he's a part of us. And when he's a part of us, then he gives us all of these gifts and this fruit. You know? and, and if you're not a church person, you go, what, what fruit? I'm confused. Are we eating now or what? Look, what the fruit of the Spirit is, when you see an apple tree, you know it's an apple tree unless you're just a really good gardener because it's got apples hanging on it, right? I can't just look at an apple tree and know by its leaves, you know? So when you see something that's producing fruit, an apple tree, that's how you see what you are. So when you see a Christian and we say they're producing fruit, that means they look like what the Bible says a Christian looks like. That means they operate in love, joy, peace, patience, some of these things and all the other things that the Bible has for us. But we're not pretending to be God. We're not pretending to be somebody else. He is us. If, if you're a Christian and you don't operate in these things, then you're not using all these things that it's giving us. It's kind of like, it would be like impersonating someone with no arms or no legs, okay? So just go ahead and picture that in your head really fast. I'll give you a second. I'm not going to demonstrate. No, Jeremy, I won't do it, okay? I'm not going to demonstrate what that... <laughs> what that looks like. But just imagine you had no arms and no legs, okay? God gave you arms and legs. I think everybody has arms and legs in here today, okay? And this is not a put down to people who don't have arms and legs. If I said, hey, would you like to have arms and legs? They say, yes, please give me a set. So if you have arms and legs, but you choose not to use those, why would you do that? You have these tools attached to your body, right? You have arms to lift things. It's easy to eat with your hands here for most people. I don't know, some people may struggle with that, but you have these tools for you. You have arms. You have legs to walk on. It'd be a little hard to walk without legs. You kind of have to scoot around. Why would you do that? Why? 
Why would you choose not to use the things that God gave you? It's the same way. Why would you choose not to have joy? Why would you choose not to have peace? Why would you choose not to be kind? Why would you choose not to have these things? Forgiveness. Do you know what unforgiveness does in your head? It's crazy. I've been looking at this a little bit. Unforgiveness, like, does this thing in your brain. And I don't have time to go into it, but it messes with your head and the way your brain operates when you have unforgiveness in you. And when you have forgiveness in you, your brain operates a whole different way. I mean, it's insane how just that, you think, oh, it's whatever. Unforgiveness hurts you as a person, so why would you not choose to operate in forgiveness? To operate in what God has given you. The Bible says in John 10.10 that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I mean, come on. He said, I've given you life and life into the fullest. Man, all you have to do is take hold of it. You know, and I know sometimes in those moments it gets a little tricky. And you're like, man, I don't know. I really want to hate that person right now. I do not want to forgive them right now. You know, and you're like, no, you got to, man. And it's so much better when you do. It is so much better when you do forgive them. Okay, so we've got the world that we can impersonate. But there's also another one that doesn't seem like a bad thing. But when we impersonate good people, you know, good godly people. And I'll explain that what I mean by that is when you see someone that you're like, hey, they've got really good characteristics about them. I want to impersonate them, okay? I want to act like them, okay? You can't impersonate someone who has good traits and good qualities. Um, If you're imitating them, you've lacked their life experiences. You've lacked what they've gone through in their life. If you're imitating them, then you're not who God wants you to be, okay? You can have their characteristics, their godly characteristics and traits about you, but you can't imitate them. You can't be like, okay, Pastor Brad, I like how he's funny when he comes up here, you know, or Pastor Jeremy, I like what he does, or Pastor Josh is a little crazy and, and out of there. And if you're, if you're a guest here this morning, Pastor Josh will be back next Sunday. He's not here this morning. Um, he has been busting it, working hard. Man, along with some of the other guys, I appreciate every one of you guys that have been over there just burning the candle at both ends, getting this building ready for us to move into. You guys are awesome. Guys and ladies, I'm from the north, so I say when I say guys, that, that translates to everyone, kids, adults, men, women, so that's no offense because the ladies have been up there working really hard as well. Um, but, you know, if you see them, you're like, oh, I want to be like them or, you know, or I want to be. I've had a lot of people, they've looked at my mom and they've said, you know, oh, your mom is so awesome. I want to be just like her, you know. And, and it's like, but you can't be just like her. You've not had her life experiences. You've not had her things going on. You've not walked through her things, you know. Neither have I walked through your shoes. I can't. We can't walk in other people's shoes. God has a separate plan for us. He has set into motion when we were born a plan that he has for us. Um, If we get sidetracked in trying to be like somebody else, it can lead to frustration because you can't be somebody else. You can only be you and be who God called you to be. You know, he's called you to be somebody and do something, and he has a plan for you. You can't be somebody else, you know. I will never be as awesome as Jeremy Sparks is. He's just cool, you know. He's amazing, and I'll, I'll never be like him. That, and I'm a girl, so I can't be like him, you know. Um, one of my favorite people is Miss B.J. Belcher back there. Man, she is one of the most faithful women ever. She was here at this church when I came, and she gives you these big hugs, and she encourages you and loves you. Man, I love Miss B.J. She's awesome. You know, Lance and Shelly, they're amazing too, man. They're rocks here. You know, our young kids, they're awesome. You know, Hannah loves to pray for people. Little Carlia is awesome. She's, Carlia wants to be an astronaut. 
Okay, she went, like she legit, you know, like it's, oh, I want to be an astronaut. She legit wants to be an astronaut. That girl's going to be an astronaut, right? Okay, so we've got these awesome kids. Kylie, she's really cool. Kylie's the most flexible person I've ever seen in my life. She pulls her leg up here, you know, and it's like, what did you just do? I would be in the hospital if I even tried to do that, you know? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't understand, you know? It's crazy, but you can't be somebody else. You'll be frustrated. If you try and be somebody else, you'll be frustrated in life. You have to be you. You have to fulfill God's plan for your life. You have to do what he called you to do. You have to be you. So you can't get so focused on, oh, man, they do that. Okay, they do this, I'm going to act like that. They do this, I'm going to act like that. And it's really fun to sit back and watch people who you can tell have been around other people, you know, for a while. When I'm, my sister moved to Texas, but when I've, she's come, they're back actually right now. We, we're going to Gatlinburg this week. So they headed up yesterday and... When I'm with her for the week, I'll come back and I'll be like, you've been with Corey, haven't you? I can tell you, you're starting to act like her, you know? I just, it's, it's what you do when you're around people, you act like people. But deep down inside, you cannot imitate, you cannot impersonate someone if you don't have in here, you know what? You can't impersonate somebody else. I can't be, I will never be Lorelai. She's just awesome and she has the biggest smile and she gives me a hug and I love Lorelai. Look, she's smiling. I wish y'all could see her big smile right now. I love Lorelai's smile. She's amazing. So the problem is that we lose focus on who God wants us to be. We lose our focus on the bigger picture and the biggest, bigger plan. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, and some versions say the author and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Man, he created, he's the author, he's the beginning. He created us for a purpose. I know I said that like six times, but I want you to get it this morning, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, for each and every one of you. And I've been telling my kids this, you are not too young to understand God's plan for your life. You are not too young to go out there and change the world. You know, our youth hit this point, not our youth, but youth in general. There, there is a um, statistic and a trend that the youth, when they get out of high school and they go into college, they tend to leave the church and they tend to leave their beliefs in God and they tend to test out the world. You know, they don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You know, we all have this testimony in our life. And some people think that if I don't have this crazy testimony about how I came out of drugs, how I, I was addicted to alcohol, I was smoking, I was drinking, then you don't have a testimony. You know what I'd like to hear? I'd like to hear testimonies of the people who said I was a rock all throughout my life. You know, it doesn't mean you won't have trials, but I want to hear someone's testimony that said I served God my whole life because I just loved him and I understood. And I didn't have to walk down this road. I didn't have to try out the world and see what it, it was like. I didn't have to try out all those things. I just wanted to serve God. I just wanted to please God. In order to understand God's purpose for your life and to understand, you have to become vulnerable. Okay? And that's a scary place to be. Right? I know this. You know, you guys have heard me say this. You're probably like, I wish you would not say this anymore. But if we have anybody in here who hasn't heard it, I used to be this really crazy shy person. Not just a little bit shy. Crazy, crazy, crazy shy person. Okay? The thought of standing up here on the stage would be like, oh my gosh, shoot me. I'll take death first. Seriously. I, there was a time in my life where I would have said death first. You know? But one day I remember standing there 
And I was like, God. And he showed me this vision of me standing in front of people. And in that moment, I decided enough was enough. And I was tired of being the little shy girl that God couldn't use for anything. And I said, okay. And I opened myself up and I became vulnerable. You know, because being vulnerable is a place that doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel safe. It feels uncomfortable and it's hard. You know, God may not be calling you to stand up here and speak, but he may be calling you young people to go into your schools and start sharing the gospel. We're supposed to do that anyways, but he may have a different plan. He may have you starting a Bible study in your school. He may have that one person that he's put on your heart that you just can't shake, that you're supposed to go talk to, that you're supposed to pray with, and you've been too afraid. Man, make yourself vulnerable. Because if I stood up here and I asked one of my kids to come up and punch me in the stomach, you know, if I did this, I'm not really so much vulnerable. They're not going to be able to punch me in the stomach. But if I stood up here like this, I'd be wide open to take that punch, right? When you make yourself vulnerable, you're wide open. And man, sometimes it hurts. You know, sometimes it's scary. But if I told you, if I asked you, what's the worst job you could ever imagine doing? Think about it. What's the worst job you could ever imagine doing? I want to know. What do you guys think the worst job ever is? I'm a little scared of these answers. Kate, bud, what's the worst job? Cleaning her room. Okay. That's a horrible job. Hannah, watching her sister, Kylie, cleaning up dog poop. That's, that's a rough one. Riley, cleaning up the den. Savannah, cleaning up the house. Okay, so adults, I'm sure you probably have a different idea of the worst job you could ever do. But let's say you had to do that job for one year. And I said, you do that job for one year, solid one year. And after that one year, I'm going to give you $5 million. How many of you would do it? If you won't raise your hand and say, I'll do it, then something's wrong with you, okay? Because I'd do it. I've got in my mind what the worst job is. I'm not going to tell you because I've already had to do it once in my life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if I said, do that job for one year, and I'm going to give you $5 million, you'd all do it. So guess what? When God says, hey, I want you to be a little bit vulnerable to me. I want you to open up yourself. And it may hurt for a little bit. But guess what? On the backside, I got something awesome for you. Because the end result of you opening yourself up and allowing God to just take over and do and fulfill his plan in your life is something beautiful. It's something powerful. It is something, it is a rock that cannot be moved, man. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in these young people's lives as, as we begin to see them filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, because it's that, I told him, I said, man, it's that extra something that God's got for you that just totally rocks your world. You know, that what comes out of the hard times is something so incredible. And guess what? The good people that you might look at and want to impersonate, they've already done this. They've already been through this. That's what makes them worth impersonating. That what ma that's what makes them, when someone looks at them and says, I want to be like you, what you're really desiring is the God in them. Not necessarily them, but the God that you see in them and moving. I remember when I first met my husband, it was in a young adults group out in Texas, and the first time I saw him, he was playing in a worship band, and he would stand there, and he'd just let his guitar hang, and he'd just stick his hands out like this. And I remember seeing him, and I was like, there was something different about him than every other person on that worship band. And the way he worshiped God, and it was so sincere and so real. 
And I stood there months later in a friend's room and I said, man, I don't really know this guy. I kind of, kind of friend, I just got to know him a little bit. I, I was a shy girl still then, okay? So, so Kelly didn't talk to people. I had a tendency to come across as mean and rude. <laughs> Shy people have that tendency because you get this blank look because you just don't know what to do with yourself. But I'm, I told my friend, I said, I really wish I liked him more than just friends or just how I do. I said, because he loves God so much. And I loved that in him. And then God had a plan and he began to work and move. And I did finally like him more than that, you know, and I loved him. But I fell in love with the God in him first, man. I'm just telling you today, when you let God move in your life, when you let God take over, when you say, you know what, God, I'm tired of protecting myself. I'm tired of the self-preservation. I'm tired of impersonating other people who are godly people and pretending. I'm tired of coming to church and saying, hey, let's pretend like we have it all together because we can't be vulnerable. Because when you're vulnerable to God, guess what? That makes you vulnerable to people too. And that's even scarier than being vulnerable to God, you know, because God sees and knows everything. But sometimes that means we have to let people see our, our flaws and our weaknesses. But you know what? People don't judge you as harshly as you think they do. That was my thing. I always thought everybody was going to judge me for my mistakes. I hated to be laughed at. It was like the worst thing in the world, you know. And finally I learned just laugh at yourself with them, man. Come on, they're just laughing because you did something funny and something silly. Nothing. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's sitting here looking at you, you know. I mean, when I look at people and they make mistakes, I go, oh, they're not perfect. They don't have, that makes me feel so much better about myself. They don't have it all together. You know, now I'm to the point where I kind of like to let people see that crazy side of me that screws up a lot. Because you know what? People seem to like that better. <laughs> they, they don't want to think you're perfect. People want to know the real you. Man, God wants to know the real you. He wants to use the real you. He can't use the fake you, but God can use the real you. He can use the one that's willing to lay themselves down. He can use the one that's willing to say, I'm yours, God. Have your way. Have your way in me. So we're going to do this in two parts today. First, I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes.